Oh, man, I get even more excited for the season to start when I see that the haters just cannot stop talking about Miami. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked on College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. It's a beautiful Monday out there, and haters are talking more about Miami than they have in years. This is before this team has even played a game, which I guess is a good and a bad thing because it can either get a lot better for us Miami backers or it can get a lot worse You know, if the Canes don't look great on the field. But I think we should all appreciate the fact that the haters, the rival fans, cannot get Miami's names out of their mouths. You've noticed this, folks, that Florida Gator fans especially have been talking a lot more about Miami than they have been about Florida State these days. Have you noticed that? But something that I want to address and I want to refute this and I want to correct this because I'm seeing this a lot the last couple of days. And I think I keep way too many personal friends who are Florida fans. I even know some Alabama fans personally. I should probably like narrow down my personal friends to only people who think and dress exactly the way that I do. Kidding, kidding aside, uh, I, I have a lot of friends who are not necessarily Miami fans. Uh, and I noticed this on Twitter as well. It is hilarious to me, and I want to address this, that rival fans are now using Mario Cristobal's own words against Miami. So in recent days, we've documented all of this here on Locked on Canes. Mario Cristobal, he's done a lot of interviews. He's talked about progress being made at Miami, but he's repeatedly said we are not there yet. Right. He's talked about all the things conditioning wise, tempo wise, attitude wise, execution wise that the team is working on. Uh, And Mario did have a negative takeaway after practice this past Friday saying that his players faded at the end of that practice. So after those comments came out, I've seen a lot of rival fans on Twitter saying things like, hey, look, look. Even Mario Cristobal is telling you this team isn't good. Your own coach is saying that. He's frustrated. He's admitting that these guys are going to struggle this year. Your own coach realizes his team stinks. I'm seeing a lot of that where people, without actually having been to practices, without having actually seen the footage, and clearly taking everything that Mario was saying out of context conveniently to fit their narrative, are telling you, hey, your own coach doesn't think you guys are any good and that it's going to take a long time before Miami's actually competitive. How are you going to win the ACC? How are you going to win the Coastal if your own coach doesn't think you're any good? It's a ridiculous take. It's absurd. And I'm not saying that because I think Miami is a national title contender and that everything's perfect. I'm not saying that. But it's a ridiculous take 
to twist Mario Cristobal's words into meaning Miami's bad. Do you know Mario Cristobal's personality at all? Do you understand what makes this man tick one bit? Because clearly, you guys don't. This is the same man who commonly says that he sets his goals so high for his football team that they are virtually impossible to reach. He has said that at least twice. He said it this past Friday. He said it at Hurricanes Media Day that he sets his goals so high they are virtually impossible to get to. So do you expect for Mario Cristobal to come out after these practices and after that scrimmage and say something like, yeah, you know what? I think everything is so great right now. This team, this team is perfect. Like this team doesn't need any work. We're there. I'm here. And now this is the, these guys are like three or four years into my process after three or four months. Do you really expect him to say something like that? It's never going to happen. Okay. Mario Cristobal is trying to create an environment of constant hunger and constant motivation from his players. And you can only do that if you always have these guys convinced that they are not near the standard and they maybe aren't near that standard right now. Okay. Again, I'm not saying that Miami is ready to go out there and beat Texas A&M and beat Clemson and be in the college football playoff. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that it's ridiculous to try and take Mario Cristobal's words and twist that into meaning this team isn't good. It's a very weird take. The better these players get, by the way, and the better that they execute, Mario's goals are only going to continue to get even higher. So they will never be where he truly wants them to be because as they get better, so does the standard, okay? A um, couple of other details coming out of the scrimmage on Saturday night because uh, there's there's been a lot more chatter that's come out. Uh, we talked uh, on Sunday's episode. We did a special Sunday episode yesterday. I hope you guys check it out if you haven't checked it out already. We discussed the defensive line being pretty dominant against the offensive line, that the offense made some plays early and then the defense really took over. Uh, a big part of that has to do with, because I don't want anyone to come out of that thinking, oh, so the O-line is terrible, eh? Uh, a big part of the defense being in control had to do with depth, defensive line versus offensive line depth. Okay, so the offensive line starters – I understand, held their own. And we talked about specific guys stepping up like Jalen Rivers and Ja'Kai Clark reportedly had really good scrimmages, and I'm happy for them. Um, but the reason why the defense was overall better, specifically front four or front three versus Miami's offensive front, had a lot to do with rotation and depth because the offensive line really right now only has six or seven guys that can play where we know the defensive line is absolutely stacked, okay? And let's not forget for offensive line depth, and we know that the O-line depth is not where Mario wants it to be because Mario would really like to have two full units who can rotate, right? They don't have that yet. Like, we're hoping by the time the season starts, Miami has eight guys who can rotate, and they're down at least one man right now because guy who could arguably be the best offensive lineman on the team projected starting left tackle Zion Nelson is not currently active because he had arthroscopic surgery and he's still recovering from that so they're down a man and they weren't that deep anyway okay uh, some good details out of the scrimmage shared uh, by D money at canesinsight.com who does a really good job uh, he had some good extra intel from the Saturday scrimmage Tyler Van Dyke was described to him as having quote complete mental control over the offense and yeah 
we know TBD is clearly the number one guy. And Jake Garcia is clearly the number two. And I don't think we talked about this with Luke Cheney last week from Sports Illustrated and AllHurricanes.com. Uh, like, there's not that much separation between the two. Tyler Van Dyke is clearly the starter, and Jake Garcia is clearly the second stringer. But Jake Garcia is good enough to be a starter on the majority of Power 5 teams. Like, I think Jake Garcia is that good. But Tyler Van Dyke is the man. Tyler is the leader. Uh, Tyler is the guy with a cannon for an arm, and he's clearly the number one guy right now. Uh, D-Money echoed what we said yesterday about the defensive line being destructive and Akeem Mesidor really being the top guy on that unit in the scrimmage. Uh, he also had some good insight about Daryl Jackson, who's a show favorite of ours. We love talking about Daryl Jackson, saying that he was excellent against the run. Uh, Jackson, remember, he's the six foot six defensive tackle who just transferred in from Maryland. I had a chance to meet him in person and speak with him a couple of weeks ago. I love his attitude. I love his hunger. And he wanted to make it very clear to me. He's here to make an instant impact, right? Because months ago when Daryl Jackson transferred in, we were talking about Daryl as if this was, you know, more of a long-term project because he didn't do a whole lot last year at Maryland, maybe take a little time to develop this guy. No, no, no. He wants to make it clear he's ready to come in and make an instant impact, and it sounds like he's doing some of that at practice. I think Daryl Jackson, who's got that ridiculous size at six foot six, over 300 pounds, he's got the reach of a seven-footer. Uh, I think this guy is going to make things happen at defensive tackle at Miami, so watch out for him. I think he's going to be great. And going back to the quarterbacks, apparently, this is nice to hear it. Apparently, Jakari Brown, the true freshman, probably going to be the third-string quarterback, made some good plays and would like him to get an official redshirt this year as well. So maybe Peyton Matoka might end up being officially the third string or whatever it is. But Jakari Brown uh, made some good plays with his legs, had a, a scramble that probably would have been a touchdown if it was full contact, and he made a nice throw to true freshman receiver Isaiah Horton, who we really like. Um, so far, no one seems to know the full extent. And maybe by the time some of you guys watch this, we might have a better idea of whatever Travante Citizen is going through who got banged up early in the scrimmage that has been confirmed. Uh, we don't know the severity from what I've heard. I, I don't think it's severe and I think he's going to be okay, but we're going to keep our ears out for more information on Travante Citizen who did get banged up early in the scrimmage, the true freshman running back who already looks physically like an NFL running back. He looks that big. So as for the haters out there, okay, um, you might want to timestamp this and mark this moment for uh, for posterity. Is that the right phrase there? I, I'm not very good with the English language. It is my first language, surprisingly enough. But um, you might want to mark the tape here, or maybe I'll edit this out of the podcast later so nobody hears this. But I give credit to the Florida Gators. I give them credit right now because they just had a gigantic recruiting weekend. They picked up four new quality commits. So they're still our little brothers. They're still behind Miami. But now per the 24-7 composite rankings, the Gators are now just one spot behind Miami for the overall class of 2023. So G5 Billy, he's not in the locker. He has unstuffed himself from the locker that Mario Cristobal put him in. So the Hurricanes are still ranked ninth according to 24-7. The Gators are now ranked 10th. They do have the bigger class, though. If you go by the per-player average ranking, 
which really shows the quality of the players despite class size. So it's quality over quantity. Uh, Miami has the seventh rated class per player average and Florida is still 10th. So not a huge difference, but a little bit of a difference. Uh, and I want to talk about on the other side because Hurricanes fans, we love instant gratification. We want it. We're like Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I want it now. I want the goose. I want the whole goose. Like we, we don't like to wait. We, instant gratification. Who are the next commits going to be? Because another Miami commit is tweeting about this next wave. So what's going on in recruiting? We're also going to do some Q&A on this episode. And what we like to do now, folks, with Q&A, we like to mix some questions from haters because the haters make their voice known to us on Twitter and on the YouTube comments. So we give equal time. We give time to the haters and we give time to the Hurricanes lovers. And we were asked some questions about uh, my over-enthusiasm for the defensive line. And we did get some positives on the quarterback position at Miami. I mean, how can you not be positive about TBD and uh, about Mario Cristobal as a head coach? So we are going to get to that and more right after we talk about the great people at LinkedIn Jobs. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in just minutes on LinkedIn to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you add your job and the purple hiring hashtag frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I think that um, we are all because you know we cover recruiting heavily on this show, and a lot of the people who listen to us and watch us are big time into recruiting. Um, I think we're all getting a tad impatient, waiting for the next verbal commit. Uh, we did have a couple Miami targets. One of them was more of a target than the other, but a couple of Miami targets did commit elsewhere yesterday on Sunday. So we not only do we talk about the W's, we also talk about the L's. One of these was a bigger L than the other one, I think. As expected yesterday, Miami target at safety, four-star safety Jaden Bonzu. He verbally committed to Ohio State. Yuck. Uh, Miami was considered in the lead for him as recently as a couple of weeks ago. But I think so much fluidity, because I probably, to be real here, guys, I think for a long time, Ohio State was probably Bonsu's first choice. And then it looked like they were preferring others at safety over him. Miami then became the leader and the choice. And then with Ohio State uh, missing out on Janelle Aguero and with Dijon decommitting there, I, I think that they went fully back in for uh, – for, um, for Jaden Bonsu, why did I forget his name for a second? Not enough sleep, not enough coffee, guys. That's what I'm dealing with right now. Uh, so it just and and I think that that illustrates to you that 
the power of Ohio State with the amount of winning that they've done recently is even if they at times can make a recruit feel like you're not our top choice, um, it's pretty quick to heal that wound. If all of a sudden they come back to you and say, hey, forgive us, we love you again, don't even worry about what happened before, that they're going to go right back in. And we want Miami to get to that point, right? We want Miami to get to the point where even if at certain times you may make commits feel like they're not the priority, if then they become the priority, and Miami's been competing for national titles for years, I hope we get back to that, that these players are going to forget about that stuff pretty quick, the way that Jaden Bonsu did with Ohio State. So he commits to Ohio State. Um, I had an Ohio State fan asking me my thoughts on Bonsu. I like him a lot. He's a big hitter. <laughs> he is. I mean, that guy, it's human hit stick. So I would have loved to have had him at the U. And, you know, with Bonsu uh, committing elsewhere, you know, Miami is going to be trying to flip some guys who are commits to other schools. You've got a pair of local safeties who are very good, committed to Penn State, like King Mack and Conrad Hussey. Uh, I think Miami is still recruiting them heavily, would love to potentially flip them. Uh, Damon Fagan from American Heritage. The other two are from St. Thomas Aquinas. Damon Hagan from American Heritage. Miami is still recruiting him. He's committed to NC State. I think Miami would try to flip him as well. So you you have got a lot of really good local safety, South Florida kids. Uh, the problem is a lot of these good ones are committed elsewhere. We'll see if Miami can complete some of these flips, okay? Um, the other Miami target, he did have Miami among his eight finalists who chose to play elsewhere. Linebacker Stanquan Clark uh, from Killian. I think he's transferring to Central, uh, but he's played at Killian. He um, he committed to Louisville. Um, everything that I understand on Stanquan is he was getting a lot more interest, I think, from the previous coaching staff than the current coaching staff. So maybe we don't consider that one to be as much of an L as losing out on Bonsu. Because Bonsu, no matter how you spin it, that was an L. Maybe Stanquan Clark was not as much of an L missing out on him as uh, as it was missing out on Jaden Bonsu. Uh, so um, this got everybody's attention, including mine, because some of your best recruiters are the recruits themselves. And a guy who has been a Hurricanes evangelist, is class of 2023 interior offensive lineman who is committed to the U. Antonio Tripp Jr., verbal commit, uh, going to be a guard at Miami. He tweets out, I, Kane family, I don't think they're ready for this second wave. Hashtag relax, we run it. So another... Another little preview about a, a second wave and recruit. I had thought the second wave already started because after Mario talked about a second wave, that's when Malik Bryant and Tommy Kinsler and Connor Liu all committed. So I, I felt like the second wave had already started, but Antonio Tripp is talking about a second wave, maybe still coming. Um, so remember Antonio Tripp, this guy, very, very vocal on social media. And he's also very vocal with recruits themselves, trying to spread the Miami gospel and get my, that's why I call him a cane evangelist. He's always trying to get more guys to jump on board in the class of 2023. Uh, remember Antonio Tripp is transferring to IMG Academy. I think he was in Maryland, but he's transferring to IMG in Bradenton, Florida, a lot of Miami commits and Miami targets are IMG players. It's becoming a Miami pipeline, right? Um, but still, I certainly hope that Antonio Tripp, who's an offensive lineman, I would love to think that he's referencing 
Samson Okulola, who's not an IMG guy. Uh, he's up in Massachusetts. But Samson Okulola, the third-ranked offensive tackle in the class, who's been trending to Miami for a long time. Every couple of days, I ask recruiting experts on and off the air about Samson Okunlola. And guys, everyone still tells me Miami's in the lead. You know, I we get a little bit impatient because he's not said when he's announcing yet. Like, he's not dropped that date. Like, hey, I'm announcing on August such and such or September such and such. So we still don't know when he's going to announce. So I check in on this all the time. And people still tell me Miami is in the lead for Samson. So I just hope Samson makes it somewhat official, right, and, and drops a verbal commit soon. Um, so I hope, I hope that Antonio Tripp is talking about Okun Lola because if Miami lands Okun Lola, it's going to be arguably the best offensive line class Miami has ever brought in with Tripp, Okun Lola, Francis Maui Goa, who's the top guy in the class, Connor Liu, I like Frankie Tenelau. I know that some people are trying to like downgrade the guy because he's only a three-star. He's got a ton of potential. He's a little bit more raw than the others, but I like Frankie Tenelau a whole lot. Best offensive line class if Miami could swing Okun Lola as well. Uh, and, you know, keeping in mind that Antonio Tripp is transferring to IMG, um, you have to wonder, I hope he could be talking about somebody like Samuel Mapemba, the five-star edge rusher at IMG. Now, but Mapemba has been trending recently to Georgia. He's had some crystal balls fall to Georgia. I think there's a long way to go still with Mapemba because I don't think he's committing anytime soon. He's going to let the process play out longer. So, you know, whatever's trending to Georgia right now could still potentially change. We'll see how that one goes. Um, and, hey, listen, there have been some rumors – a lot of smoke over the last week about Jerion Dickey, the five-star wide receiver out of Northern California. He is an Oregon commit right now, but we know this is someone Mario Cristobal was recruiting when he was at Oregon is still recruiting him now that he's at Miami. Uh, and listen, the same way Miami is going to try to flip verbal commits from other places, other places will try and flip verbal commits from Miami. It is a two-way street. I am fully aware of that. I'm fully aware that it's a two-way street. And just like we're going to try to take some from other places, they're going to try and take some from us. I get that. Uh, but Jurion Dickey, we know he's transferring high schools. We don't know where he's transferring. There have been rumors about him potentially to IMG Academy. So if, if that's the case, that would really trend heavily towards Miami. So we're going to keep our noses out for updates on that. Uh, Dickey, the five-star wide receiver. So these are some of the uh, the smoke signals we're getting in recruiting, but I know that with, uh, with Florida, Florida doing good things right now on the recruiting trail, we want uh, Miami to, to take the spotlight away from those reptiles again, because we don't want them stealing our thunder, right? All right we're going to do some Q&A when we come back. Uh, got a good question about the order of succession at the quarterback position and some comments from haters. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And oh, guys, I hope you've tried the new Built Bar Puffs if not, you're depriving yourselves. Guess what? There's a new flavor. Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Your new favorite and mine is cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, which are awesome. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of actually making it, plus they're healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. So run to Built.com to snag a box for you and your family. 
Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and they're tasty. Covered in chocolate cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. They're so good. What's great about Built Bars and all of their bars here, the puffs, the regular bars, they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and it provides a ton of health benefits. So eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or you just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. So ditch the calories, the fat, and the sugar, and grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Oh, sorry. I apologize. The promo code has changed. I knew this was going to trip me up. It's now locked on 15 So keep that in mind. If you've been using LOCKED15 before to order Built Bars, the promo code is now Locked on 15. So use our promo code locked on 15 for 15% off at built.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Available free wherever you get your pods and available free on YouTube. Uh, get a good question from Jamie. And by the way, you can tweet us, guys, at Locked on Canes. Follow us and we will follow you back. Tweet us your questions and comments to Locked on Canes. Jamie asks, barring injury, and I will add in barring injury and barring transfer portal. What's the likely order of succession at the quarterback position? I have very clear opinions on this. I think Tyler Van Dyke, of course, plays this season. Then I think he leaves after this year for the NFL draft. Then I truly believe Jake Garcia is the clear number one quarterback next year. And then hypothetically, in my mind, Garcia in 2023 will play himself into the NFL draft. And then so you're looking at 2024. I think it's going to become a three-way battle, assuming everybody stays and nobody transfers. You never know. It's unpredictable. But I think in 2024, it is a three-way battle between Jakari Brown, who's got a lot of upside. He's got to work on his accuracy throwing the football, but a true dual threat if he can clean some of that stuff up. Jaden Rashada and Emery Williams, who, I mean, don't sleep on Emery Williams. If, if he stays locked in and, and becomes a Miami Hurricane, do not sleep on Emery Williams because he actually had a better Elite 11 final than Jaden Rashada did. But I think Jaden Rashada has the most talent, and I believe he's got the most upside. So, um, I mean, put this on record, I guess. I think in 2024, Jaden Rashada, who would be probably a redshirt freshman that season, either a redshirt freshman or a true sophomore, depending on how much he plays the year prior. I think in 2024, Jaden Rashada will be the next Miami Hurricanes starting quarterback. So that that's the way that I see out of the guys who are here now and the guys who are committed to come in, TVD, Garcia, and then Rashada. That is my prediction for the order of succession. Um, get a good point here from Delano because we were yesterday we read some comments from some Mario Cristobal haters a guy said Cristobal cannot coach a lick someone told us Delano makes a good point Mario Cristobal took Oregon into the horseshoe last year and stomped Ohio State on their home field on national television I should remind the naysayers he says yeah because everyone loves to cherry pick oh what happened to Mario against Utah last year okay, what happened to Mario against Ohio State on the road? Was he a bad coach then? So, okay, he was a he, he got outcoached against Utah, fine, but was Mario a bad coach against Ryan Day and Ohio State when he took the Ducks into the horseshoe 
and dominated and ran for like a million yards, it's people will cherry pick whatever they want to fuel their narrative. Okay. Um, okay. So I was very enthusiastic yesterday as I was today about Miami's defensive line and dub says responding to my enthusiasm about the D line. He says, Dono, you're being a Homer scale it back a little. You're acting like we lead the ACC in sacks. I will not scale it back. Dub dub. You took an L, not a dub on that one. I will not scale it back. Miami is going to lead the ACC in sacks this year. Mesidor, Agude, Jafari Harvey, I think, is ready to dominate this year. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and Miami, a defensive tackle, is in good shape. Taylor, I think, is going to really have an excellent year. Jared Harrison Hunt is going to have a great year. Uh, you're not even going to believe what Nigel Lee Kelly can do this year. Maybe Cyrus Moss puts some weight on this season. Daryl Jackson, no, I will not dial it back. Never. I will never dial it back. Um, let me see. Our pal, uh, last one here, our pal Sigmund asked me on Twitter about uh, a linebacker that, you know, Miami, Miami did make an offer to him, uh, recruit for 2023, Marcellus Pulliam out of the state of Georgia. Um, I, I did I did inquire about him a few weeks ago. I don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, this this could be a guy that maybe we look more at with Stanquan Clark not coming. I don't I don't even know if Stanquan was a take for Miami, but he's not coming to Miami. So maybe Pulliam's a guy we're looking at. I was told a few weeks ago on Pulliam that he is a prototypical linebacker for Kevin Steele's defense, and everyone loves his size. You know, this is a 17 year old, six foot three, 215 pounds already. Uh, but for what it's worth, Auburn is considered the favorite for Marcellus Pulliam. Uh, I don't even think he has stars. Like I, I would probably, based on what I know about him, I don't know why he's not like a high three star. I think that's probably what he'll end up being. But he doesn't have any stars on 24-7. I'm not sure why. But uh, it sounds like Miami likes him. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you for making us your first listen. Make Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. Thank you for making us your first. We will talk to you guys again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.